0: Hello, everyone, and welcome to the Sexual Wellness for Women podcast, your place for all women who want to keep their sexual wellness vibrant and sensual. Hi, everyone. I'm Allie. I'm a sexual wellness coach for women. I'm the past expert for the L-Words online world and second life, and I help run an erotica audio company. I earned my professional sex coaching certification from SCU as well as my master's in psychology in 2012. To find out more about me and how I can help you, please visit thepassionzone.com. Well, this week's been pretty good for the website uh, and the podcast. Thank you, everyone who has listened and visited the site. Um, the Flower Essence Combos for Desire and Passion have both sold out, <laughs> so that that's wonderful. Um, I'll be making a new batch here in a week, and please... Stay tuned to the website to find out when they are back in stock. Well, we had someone send in a question. Yay! I'm so happy somebody sent in a question. Uh, If you'd like to send in a question, please just go to thepassionzone.com. Go to the Sexual Wellness for Women um, page on the site. And if you scroll down, about halfway down, there is a form. You just give me your initials and the question and you send away if you put your email address in there I'll put you in the hopper to win either the desire flower essence or the passion flower essence I draw a name a month so all this is free and all this is confidential nobody will ever know who you are Um, I don't care who you are I just would like for you to feel free and feel safe to be able to send me questions Okay, that's what I'm here for. That's what I want to answer. So, the question we have this week, this is from a person named GM, are the initials they gave me. And they ask, I'm having sexual fantasies about a coworker, but nothing is happening at work. It's affecting my relationship with my husband, and I don't know what to do. Well, GM, first of all, let me tell you that sexual fantasies are common for both men and women. And they're very common to have about people we see on a daily basis. So don't feel bad that you're having sexual fantasies about your coworker. There's not a need for you to feel guilty about having sexual fantasies about your coworker. Now, I can't snap my fingers and tell you, hey, don't feel guilty, and you don't feel guilty anymore. Um, This will take time for you to not feel guilty. Uh, when you have a dream, a sexual fantasy about your coworker, when you wake up, remind yourself that hey, this is not me in the waking life. I'm not having any type of sexual sexual relationship with my coworker. I'm not intimate at all with my co-worker, not in um, talk, not in physical acts. So there is no reason in the world for me to feel guilty. That's just somebody I'm obviously attracted to one way or the other. And we see each other in the dreams. That person has absolutely no bearing on my marriage. Okay. Now, you have to keep doing that. You know, the more dreams you have with this person, um, the more times you have to tell yourself this in the morning. And the more you worry about having sexual dreams about your co-worker, the more they're going to show up because you keep thinking about it. Okay. So when you have a sexual fantasy dream with your co-worker, you just, you wake up, you go over what I said, paraphrase it however you'd like, and then you forget about it. When you see them at work, you don't. Immediately see them and say, "Oh, hey, oh my God, sexual fantasy," and you know that's what sticks in your mind when you're talking to your coworker. Uh, because when you see somebody and all of a sudden sexual fantasy shows up in your in your mind and you know, the dream shows back up, your mannerisms, your energy shifts, and then the other person starts picking up on things that maybe you don't mean for them to pick up on. Okay, so you need to be you need to be careful in that respect. But again, you don't have to feel guilty about having sexual fantasy dreams about your co-workers. Many, 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 many people do it. Okay, it's not unusual. It's not bad. It happens. When you're with your husband and you feel yourself kind of pulling away because, again, you kind of may have some leftover guilt, make an effort to push Again, the sexual fantasy and your guilt out of the way. I like to do this by uh, imagining um, like I have a broom going through my head or a big eraser (laughs) erasing the thoughts off in my brain. Uh, That's what I do when I want to get something out of there. And then be in the present moment with your husband and interact with him. Okay, the more standoffish, the more, I guess, prickly is what I call it, you are with your husband because of these sexual unwanted fantasies with your co-worker. He doesn't know what's going on. He doesn't know he has no clue. So how do you think that's making him feel? And if he keeps feeling like, oh, hey, my wife's, you know, prickly and keeping me at a distance, well, I must have done something wrong. And then he takes a step back and maybe doesn't try to get close to you anymore because he feels that that. Off puttingness by you and your guilt because of the sexual fantasies. All right, all right. I hope that's helped. I hope that my goal here is to give you my two cents and hopefully have it um, give you a starting point to start to overcome what it is that's bothering you. If you'd like to talk more about this, uh, please drop me an email and we can set something up. And thank you again for sending in your question. Now, I know you guys can hear my cat who's next to me. Um, I do this for my home. I have 15 cats, two dogs, and a gentleman who just graduated high school yesterday. So there's plenty of stuff going on. And you can probably hear the dishwasher in the background. I'm multitasking because, well, I am a female. We tend to do that quite a bit. Uh, So... Lots of stuff go on in the background. If you ever listen to my podcast, Ask Allie, uh, which has been one of the longest running spiritual podcasts on iTunes. In fact, I think I am the longest running spiritual podcast on iTunes. We're going on 16 years. There's always something going on at the background of my house. So, um, all right. So let's go to the topic. I've gotten this question so much over the years. Uh, In fact, this is one of the reasons I got into helping women with sexual wellness. And I did my thesis paper on this um, when I was getting my master's degree. What killed my libido? That's that's the topic we're going to discuss today. And of course, killing the libido happens to women more than men, but men also get this. Okay, they're not sexual machines who are always turned on. Okay, they have these list of things I'm going to go over happens to affect them, too. But women experience it more than men. So letting your sex drive or your libido get flabby or out of shape, it's not always a conscious decision. You know, it sometimes it just happens. You're like, what the heck? <laughs> what the heck just happened? Why am I not sexually attracted to my husband, to my girlfriend, um, to my partner's? like I used to be. I still love them. I'm still attracted to them, but I'm not sexually attracted to them anymore. What? What's going on? Well, there's there's a ton of reasons, believe it or not. And these include... Oh, sorry, Sarah. <laughs> and these include depression and anxiety and their medications. There are over 34.4 million adults on antidepressants. And that statistics comes from 2013 to 2014. And it goes up at least 15% a year. So you can just imagine how many people here in 2019 are taking those. And it's mostly women who take the depression and anxiety um, medications. Okay, I'm telling you, number one, that is the number one thing. And all the research I've done, that's going to kill a person's libido. I mean, it kills it dead. Boom, basement, it's gone. And if you read the side effects, if you're on this medication, if you read the side effects in the fine print, it it says in there about sexual desire, how it diminishes. Okay, so you might wanna might wanna look at look at the uh, little pamphlets that you're. Uh, what are they called, pharmacist, gives you when you get the medications. Two, heart disease, high blood pressure, cancer, diabetes, and all their medications. 55 million people alone are being treated for high blood pressure. That's just high blood pressure. That doesn't count heart disease, cancer, and diabetes. All of those um, diseases... And the medication that's supposed to help them puts a stamp in your libido. It's like, hey, see ya, man, goodbye. And let me tell you something. With heart disease and high blood pressure, cancer and diabetes, when it comes to men, in order to get an erection, men need good blood flow. Okay? And when heart disease and high blood pressure is an issue, they don't get the blood flow they need to have an erection. Um, and that tends to stomp out their libido, okay? Three, over-the-counter cold and allergy medications. How many people in the world take over-the-counter cold and allergy medications? I know here uh, in Ohio, right now, the pollen's pretty high. I've been sneezing. My son's been sneezing. We're popping those allergy pills. How many people take those on a daily basis, Okay, that kills your libido. Four, hormonal imbalance, menopause, ladies, menopause. It's just like ugh, death <laughs> to the libido. Uh, again, we don't want it to disappear. We want our sexual desire to be there, even though you know sexual desire is not only is not always um, channeled to sex life. By the way, it's also channeled to your creativity. And it's also channeled to um, your all-over wellness, your physical, mental, and emotional wellness. So hormonal imbalances, menopause, kicks you right in the butt. Five, if you're having trouble in your relationship, if you're angry at your partner, if there's something unresolved with your partner, it's just, maybe you haven't talked about it in years, but still underlying, the more it just sits within you and simmers, okay, um, the worse your, um, the worse, I guess the, the worse your libido becomes, that doesn't sound right, the worse your low libido becomes. Okay. You need to talk to your partners if you're having um, unresolved issues with them. Six, smoking, Alcohol and illegal drugs, they can all kill your libido. Now, I know there are people who tend to drink some alcohol and they say, hey, you know, drink some alcohol. It loosens me up a bit to have sex. Well, that is true. It does. It it, it lowers your inhibitions to have sex. But it's also lowering your libido to a point where you feel the need to drink in order to find your libido. Okay, hangovers, hangovers are no good for anyone who's ever experienced them. And God knows I had my, I had my amounts in my 20s and my 30s. Well, my early 30s. I had enough in my 20s, I think, to last a lifetime. But you don't, you don't feel good. You know, you feel like crap. You feel like someone just ran a bus over you and parked it. That's not going to help your libido at all. It's not going to help your sex drive. Seven, you're currently single. You're like, ah, what do I need a sex drive for? I ain't got nobody. Well, you still need a sex drive. Masturbation is not a bad thing. Okay, it never has been. It never will be. Having that sexual release um, boosts your mood. It, uh, It boosts your happiness. It stimulates your creativity. It stimulates your wellness. And... The orange energy that governs our sexual energy, both men and women. when our sexual energy is stimulated, when it is moving, when it's when it's happy, I call it the rotor rooter of energy streams because when the rotor rooter is happy and it's moving, it kind of kickstarts everything else. It kickstarts our Um, confidence. It kickstarts our love, giving and receiving love. It kickstarts our confidence and our self-esteem and speaking up for what we want, what we need. It stimulates our imagination, our intuition. um, And it also stimulates talking to higher powers, whomever or whatever you deem that to be. So even though you're single and you may not have an active partner, Having, reading fantasy books, romance books, erotica, and getting turned on by this and masturbating or not releasing it that way if you don't wish. That helps your all over wellness. So if you're currently single, you're not doomed not to have sex drive. Okay? Eight, living arrangements. In this day and age... Many people who graduate high school, graduate college, they're out and about, something happens with their job, they move home. There are parents, you know, the sandwich generation it's called, people who have children to take care of and their parents. And maybe they're all living in the same house, you know, the older parents, um, you know, because trust me, people have active sex lives way into their 80s and 90s, both male and female. Okay, the 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 older parents don't feel the comfort that they need to have intimacy. The the ones who are in that sandwich generation definitely don't feel the comfort because you got the kids hanging around and the parents. You know we're all taught growing up don't have sex. Your parents are right there. Shh. You know when you used to sneak somebody into your bedroom, or maybe that was just me. <laughs> but you know, I mean, come on. We're grown up to think that and to believe you got to be real quiet. Well, how much fun and quiet can you have when you get a house full of people? You know, or if you're a young couple starting off together and you live in the basement of your parents' house. There's lots of different living arrangements that just don't work. College dorms, you know, uh, nursing homes. And yes, those in nursing homes do have sex lives. But that's for a whole other episode. Okay? Nine. Pictures of your children or religious items in your bedroom. If how, how, how can you get your sexy on? How can you get your libido going if you go in your bedroom, you're all turned on and stuff, and there's your, all your kids looking at you? Huh? How sexy is that? Because uh, back there, subconsciously, you're looking at those kids and you're like, oh, my God. Look at all those children. I love my children, but not when I'm doing this. You know? Or if you have religious artifacts, say a cross up on your wall. The church, you know, it, it all depends on your beliefs. Um, a lot of times when a person sees the cross, you know, unless you're having sex to have children, they they frown upon it. So somewhere in the back of your mind, you're going to see that cross up there, and it's like, Ah! Am I doing this to have kids? You know, the subconscious plays a big part here. But those are nine reasons that your libido could be in the basement. You know, you didn't consciously seek out any of these reasons. They're just there. Okay? But if you think about what I just said and think about your life and what what of these can be affecting your a libido or your sex drive you can take steps to fix them okay now maybe your doctors cannot take you off medication cannot reduce medication I am never suggesting at all that you just stop taking your meds no 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 <laughs> okay you need to talk to your doctor if you're not feeling if you're not if you have heart disease you are taking antidepressants high blood pressure and you don't have libido talk to your doctor okay they can switch your medications they can lower the dosage if it's safe for you but you need to speak to them all right all right this is awesome we're having a good podcast today and we're at the end so if you like this episode of sexual wellness for women please rate it and tell your friends you can find this podcast right now on itunes stitcher I never say it right. Spotify? Spotify? I've never been able to say that right. And you can find the podcast. I upload it to thepassionzone.com. And have a wonderful week. And in case no one's told you today, you are fabulous.